You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Hey there, lexiconosaurs and word chefs. It is your head chef, A.F. Grappin, and welcome to episode 85 of The Melting Podcast. So before we get started with this episode, I have a huge, huge announcement to make. We have just hit our first goal on Patreon. That's right. We are finally able to pay writers. So if you've been kind of leery about sending something to us, you know, sending us stuff like we really like, you're out of excuses. We can pay you for it now. So the way our pay structure works is main ingredient stories will be paid $21 flat. Stoke the Fire stories, we only ever do two or three of those an episode. So those two or three authors will end up splitting that $21 per episode. It's really just luck of the draw as far as our scheduling goes. Lately, it's only been two an episode. If it's a shorter one, chances have it, it will be part of a three-story episode. But still, that's at least $7 or $10.50 if you end up in an episode with only two Stoke the Fires. So, I mean, at least $7 for an afternoon's writing, you kind of can't beat that. Especially, you get to hear your words in audio. So please, please send us your submissions. Stoke the Fire Stories, 1,500 words or fewer. One of our prompts at themeltingpodcast.com slash prompts. They're also right on our homepage. Or main ingredient stories, up to 5,000 words, and they can be on any topic. No erotica, please. And you'll get paid for it now. Now, we don't pay on acceptance. We pay when your story airs. So people who have actually submitted stories to us before this August 1st episode, they're going to get paid when their story airs. So it's a win-win situation, guys. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast, both with your words and financially. We've actually been able to cover our operating costs for about two years now, which completely blows my mind. It's It helps so much that's not coming out of my pocket. I put so much work into this podcast. Aaron and Theo both put so much work into this that your support means worlds to us. And now we've reached that first goal. We can start giving that back. So again, thank you if you want to consider backing and you haven't already, or if you just want to up your backing for us, you can go to patreon.com slash the melting podcast. We have tiers from one, three, five, ten, twenty, or fifty dollars an episode, and that gets you a wide variety of stuff from physical swag to eventually a title as part of our official crew. Um, you can choose uh, a mystery meal every year. You can create a prompt and have it guaranteed to be open for six months and other stuff. I mean, there's no limit. So again, thank you so much for sending us stuff. Thank you for backing us financially. And now for our episode, A Chef's Table. This is from Balticon 2019. This is one of my favorite panels. Erin wanted to do this one so badly She's the one who suggested it. She's the one who moderated it. This is dynamic voice acting featuring Starla Hutchton, Veronica Jaguer, T. Morris, and somehow me as a voice actor. So again, thank you for backing us. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening. Enjoy dynamic voice acting. All right. So we are at three o'clock. It is time for dynamic voice acting. Aww. 
They, they don't listen to you. I'm the mod. I was going for dynamics. Hi, I'm your moderator. I'm Aaron Kazmark. I am <coughs> getting applause. Um, <laughs> I am co-host of the Melting Podcast. I'm a voice actor. I've appeared on Voice of Free Planet X, Supervillain Corner, my own podcast. Surprise there. This Kaiju Life. Um, so that's why I'm here, but I would like my panelists to introduce themselves. I am absolutely pleased to be working with everyone except the one next to me. Um, so V, why don't you start? <laughs> Hi, I'm Veronica Jaguer. I am an audiobook narrator and voice artist. Um, I produce and help co-write the Secret World Chronicles podcast, which is on its ninth season, tenth year. We'll be concluding in two months. I'm sorry. Um, As in concluding, concluding? I'll be going. reading at 4 o'clock and I can tell you more. Oh, Ooh. Ooh. nice. That was good. Uh, nice. That was good. That's what we call a teaser. Of course. Teaser. Yeah. Hey. Speaking of which. Right. I'm T. Morris. I'm the author of podcast. One of the authors of Podcasting for Dummies. I'm the author for Twitch for Dummies. I've been creating content since 2005. Uh, before that, I'm a recovering actor. I, I received my degree in theater from James Madison University. Was a had a brief stint as... A, uh, um, as a professional actor, I also um, continue to get my acting fix through podcasting. I've loaned my voices to, to I've loaned my voices to many different many different podcasts. First one, uh, first one included right over here. Uh, I love voice acting, and uh, this is this is right at my own. So that's why I'm here. We don't need to hear about what's up your alley, people. right? <laughs> I'm Starla Hutchton. Um, kind of fell into narration backwards because um, <laughs> I started as an author and I got talked into doing a podcast and I went full cast with it. So um, just all the way. It was also 10 years ago. Um, almost 10 years ago. Yeah, 2009. Yeah. That's crazy. I know, um, I know right? <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, last year, my one of my main focuses switched to being an audiobook narrator, and um, I think the biggest thing that I've got going right now, I've done two projects for Kevin J. Anderson short story collections. Mm-hmm. One of them just released last week. So, Yay. congratulations! All right, I guess you can talk now. <laughs> I'm August Grappin. I am a novelist, author of Criminal from Birth, a couple other books. Um, I am the co-host and producer of The Melting Podcast, and I've been on a couple of other podcasts as well. Free, Voice of Free Planet X, Supervillain Corner, This Kaiju Life. I don't even know what others... My voice is just whatever. whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. Guess I'm here. here because she made me. I'm Yeah, pretty much. All right, so what I want to do, I want to start with just a couple of questions of my own, get everybody to get some answers, kind of... Mm-hmm. Talk about the process of voice acting, making it dynamic, how you do things. And then we've got some scenes we'll do that are short. Each of them is in two, and it'll be fun. If we have time, we'll discuss those well and get to you guys' questions. So my first question is, uh, what would you say is the biggest difference between voice acting in an audio-only format versus stage or live performance? I don't have to look other at than, people. Other than just they can see you on stage. See, see, mine is I don't get to look at people. Oh. See, I do better, like, when it's just me and the mic, and I don't have, like, I don't have to worry about anybody else's reaction to what I'm doing. I can just do it. See, I'm the opposite. The microphone <laughs> gives nervous. me nothing. I, I get I get no energy feedback. Or if I do from the microphone, it's bad. Um <laughs> See that—that's exactly it, though. I, I get that. I get that reaction, and it's—it just brings so much more out of me because uh, I, I reflect that back to you guys. Whereas the microphone, I start to, and she's had to direct me for the podcast. Go monotone again. Start to, yeah. <laughs> that. 
T as our resident stage person. Am I? Yeah. Am I? Other than me, yeah. Real? Wow. I'm stage. Dude, that was an engineer. Please. Yeah, but I, I, mean, I did some in like high school and middle school, but like. Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, the the upside downside of of of, uh, of stage acting versus voice acting is that with stage acting, you are reliant. It, it theater is a team sport. I'm I'm more I'm I'm more than support people who get letters and have Letterman's jackets from theater because it really is an ensemble. The reason why we all enjoyed the Marvel films was because it wasn't just Chris Evans. It was Chris Evans. It was Hemsworth. It was Ruffalo. It was the entire ensemble that came together. Damn, I was so happy to see the two of them get together at the end. I swear to God. Okay. Um, anyway. Oh, come on. If you haven't seen it by now, you lose your nerd card. Well, anyway, sorry. The um, point I'm getting at is that you, you work off the other actors, and there are some actors that I have worked with who are, this is the downside, they are psychic vampires. They suck the life out of you and give nothing in return. And uh -huh. that is the hardest thing to do as an actor. Um, but as a voice actor, the upside is that you are reliant on yourself, as, as, as Starla just said. You basically put all the punch in the voice, and you put all the punch into uh, whatever you need to emote, and then the engineer gets it, and they mix it with another actor, hopefully doing the same thing. Uh, the downside is you don't have... When you click with another actor on a stage, you create an electricity that is absolutely undeniable. Yes. Whether it is in improv theater, whether it is in, uh, in, in, a, in a scripted stage, uh, stage script, when you click with another actor, it's... It, magic. It, it is truly magic. So... You are reliant on yourself, but then you're kind of acting in a bubble. And your your only hope is that you have heard uh, some of the other actors you're working with, and you're like, oh, I can mix this together and make that happen. Case in point, um, when I was working with the Billabub Battings podcast, and I did the case of the Singing Sword, I was reliant on, on people delivering. And I think this, the scene that I was the most terrified of was when I was working with people who had zero experience in, in acting. One of them was Tracy Hickman. The other one was Paul Levinson. And Tracy Hickman was playing an Irish cop. Paul Levinson was playing uh, Al Capone's lawyer. <laughs> and it was, it was a scene where Billy Battings was about to get bailed out of jail. Uh, and, in com and in comes Paul Levinson. My God, did that man sell it. He was phenomenal. But he was, but he was working by himself. So, so it was basically just just hoping that 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 Tracy and I sent them the the whole scene so they knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. I was reliant on Tracy to punch up his lines. I was reliant on Paul to 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 sell it in his lines. And because the other actors in the scene knew what they were working with, in the end, we got a really nice product. We got a really nice scene. Um. So I think that's the hardest part about, about voice acting is, is, is working in that bubble because then you're reliant on talent that you can't see or hear. Yeah, that leads to my next question was, what do you find your toughest challenge ah, with sorry. voice acting to be? No, 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 that's a good segue. That's good. Thank you. But yeah, so let's let Vigo first. So do you want the the, the toughest challenge in, or if you have something else to add to the previous well, question? Yeah. I, the biggest what? If the you have something, challenge? your biggest challenge okay. in voice so, acting. I have goldfish memory right now. Which one do you want me to answer? Let's go ahead and do your toughest challenge. Okay. 
<laughs> aside from having a 30-second memory if something's not written in front of me. Um, <laughs> the toughest challenge, I think, kind of like what T was talking about, is matching that energy. Mm-hmm. And it's not just bringing it up all the way, but if you know who, if you know the energy level of the person you're working with, maybe you have to pull it back. Because regardless, your job should be to match the person. Unless you're talking about somebody who's really, who really needs to come up. But the most wonderful performance is going to be crap if it's so over the top that it's not letting the other person come together and form you yes. know, that one cohesive package. So I think the, the biggest challenge is not just, yes, acting in a bubble is hard if you don't have the imagination to get that other voice and other person there, but to to actively match, because what we're going to do here is different. You're side by side. And, and you know, even if, even if I'm tunnel visioned here, I can still hear and... You know, for all your finger wiggling, spirituality, and auras, you can feel that aura coming off of other people. Yes. You get that sense. You don't get that in, you know, your blanket fort or booth at home. <laughs> that, that, that's not there. So, to dovetail off that, um, in video games, they all work in, 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 in bubbles. But in, um, in an interview we did with the voice director, um, Kevin McLean, who is the voice director, he's been the voice director of Destiny since Rise of Iron. In a recent uh, DLC called Destiny 2 Forsaken, one of the most beloved characters voiced by Nathan Fillion is killed. Um, he, was talking about the, he was talking about the challenges, and he, was exactly, he basically said everything that, that Veronica said here. You know, sometimes you have to pump it up, sometimes you have to bring it down. But then he said, sometimes you have to break that rule and bring the voice talent in. And there's a scene over Cade's casket with the other two members of the, of the Vanguard. Savala, played by Lance Reddick, who you probably know from Fringe or you know from the John Wick films. And then you've got Gina Torres voicing, uh, yeah, <laughs> as a Cora, who is, uh, who is Zoe from Firefly and Lawrence Fishburne's wife in the Hannibal series. They, they brought them both into the studio. Kevin said, I wanted to knock this out of the park. He said all three of them were in tears at the end of this scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing is, is that, yeah, it's the, in, in voice acting, yes, you do have to work in the bubble. It's the hardest thing in the world. But if you as the voice director need that talent in the room with you, do try it. to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Try to yeah. make it happen. Start? Um... Well, I don't do a lot of, like, group projects anymore. Um, <laughs> that first one was enough for you, everyone. <laughs> Internal <laughs> screaming. <laughs> There's a reason she called it her hair purple. <laughs> um, but uh, I think, as so more because more of what I do now is, like, solo reads of, of audiobooks and stuff, and I think the biggest challenge that I face is getting feedback from an author like um before I go in like I, I'll read everything and I check yeah. for you know pronunciations and everything and if there are I also ask if there are specific like character notes they want to make sure that I hit um you know but if I don't get any of that direction all of that is on me to bring to the table and sometimes it's successful sometimes I miss the mark but mm-hmm. so I think the so lack uh, the, of direction yeah lack of direction can be a, a big challenge too 
<laughs> no, I, honestly, I won't deny it. other burn. other than having microphone intimidation, uh, my biggest challenge is probably. <laughs> You're surrounded. Oh, it's honestly slowing down. I am naturally a very fast talker. You said that really slowly. I know, and I'm getting really impatient with myself doing it. So that's one of the things I'm constantly fighting with that she's been yelling at me for for the last five years since we started the podcast. But yeah, that's one of my. It's it's so technical, but it's one of my biggest challenges. Okay, one of my questions kind of got answered already but how do you keep so we talk about dynamic voice acting like the characterization and all that but something that is just as important as the narration and i and i'm sitting here with with my narration hero at the end of the table so um <laughs> but how do you how would you say that uh, and we'll start with Gus this time and go that way how do you keep narration as dynamic as being a character i mean I you're don't. you're just reading a description how, how what are some of your Tricks that you try. Oh, I suck so bad at narration. No, you <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm such a character actor. Um, no, with narration, it's one of the biggest problems I have is trying to find a character that is the narrator, especially if it's not in a like a limited POV type thing. If it's if it's first person narration, I have no problem with that because I am that character. If I'm doing a third person, so third person expanded narration where I'm not anyone specific to the story, that's that's a lot harder. So I have to try to find out who that is. And that's, okay. I guess, one of the tricks I try to do, is make that a person. <laughs> Can you repeat the question? I have the same goldfish <laughs> I didn't realize this was the goldfish panel. <laughs> Mom, blub, blub. Um, keeping narration as dynamic mm. as when you're doing voices and characters. You know, that part I actually find a little less challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Because the, there's, there's basics to, like, you know, the, the pacing of... of how quickly you say the words and making sure to yeah. enunciate properly. There are, there are kind of rules for going along with that. And a lot of times the scenery, the, the, where, you know, the setting and everything, yeah. that is its own character as well. Um, so uh, if an author has done a good job, you know, there's already characterization okay. written into things. Um, so I actually, I, I really like doing just straight narration. Character I, I voices, character voices can be difficult if it's, especially if it's a character with like a specific accent or something, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement on that one. D? <laughs> it, it will actually Starla, Starla knocked it out of the park with that answer. I don't think there's anything I can add. I can talk about authors that I've heard, uh, that are not on this panel that, that, um, that I think really have a grasp of it, really have a grasp of it. The, the, the voice that comes to mind all the time is Phil Rossi. I, I love Phil Rossi's work. I love Phil Rossi's horror. When he reads it, I have a tough time getting to sleep at night because he, and, and he's, a, he's a Massachusetts boy. That's the part I don't get. And yet, and yet he's got this Southern drawl. And in Harvey, he was talking about the trees. Yeah. The trees were watching us, and every and I'm like, well, just stop it, Phil. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, and it, it's a it's a it's a delight to listen to. I mean, along with the the, the, the panelists up here, um, I think I, it, it goes back to something a th- my theater mentor said. Um, he said, make a meal of your words. Don't just read it. Make a meal of your words. Enjoy what you're reading. If you enjoy what you're reading. That's when that's when it sounds it, it sounds magical and and um, I think it's just as important to make sure narration is as solid as the voice actors that you've hired to dramatize the voice. 
think. Well, when you say like the, the narration or the straight read, the thing that I always keep in mind when I'm, you know, doing an audiobook is that that narrator, not a narrator, you're a storyteller and you are the guide. If there is a whole chapter of exposition and not one character speaks until page 10, it is your job to convey that story to the listener as best as possible. So by the time that character speaks, they are fully invested in that story and they can't wait to hear that character mm-hmm. speak. So it's not a flat read. It's yeah, like you said with Phil, it's an engaged read and you are tempering that storytelling voice to best get that point across so that when that character, when they enter the stage, it's like, oh, I'm so ready to start. <laughs> yes, I like Tell that a lot. lot. See, and just, just to chime in on whenever I've done narration with Gus is one thing I pick somebody in my mind that I'm talking to. If I'm doing a third person narration is that I imagine I'm actually talking to someone. Yes. And that comes from stage. From stage, I'm just being used to having an audience is sharing that. I wonder if I put googly eyes on the microphone, if that would help. <laughs> you know, people actually do. No, people actually say, do It that. actually might yeah, help. Yeah. No, people do that uh, for streams. There are people that say, if you, if you don't know where to look, put Google eyes on your webcam. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> and and, and uh, I've, had, I've, had, I've heard other streamers go, that's the best advice I'm anyone's ever laugh. given me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd just be going, and then the... Well, <laughs> naming our microphone didn't help. No. His name is Magic. He's Magic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I knew no villains would like that. <laughs> but that hasn't helped me yet. I'm still trying to find ways to be Okay, so, so we've talked about some of our, our, our thoughts on voice acting, where it comes So I'm from. just breaking Veronica over here. Don't mind me. Please don't I break Veronica. I need, okay. I need her to do stuff. I will get you back. You're already getting me back with that, with that red dress. Knock it off, Bond woman. Okay. <laughs> it's my Matrix simulation. Ah, that's who she's cosplaying. Okay. So I want to start with the scenes. We've got four of them. The first one, it's going to be Gus and Starla. And this is more leaning towards comedy. Um, and it really doesn't take a lot of setting up. So let's just, let's just go. <laughs> Holy shit. What? I thought I'd never get out of there alive. What happened now? I asked the right one, let me tell you. Who? At the store. I asked this worker there for that kombucha drink you wanted me to get. Kombucha. Right. So I asked one of the workers, and of course I asked the right guy. First off, the guy's looking at me like I had two heads. When I ask him, where can I find kombucha? Kombucha. Yeah. Yeah, and he starts typing on his phone and starts walking away from me like he's Sherlock Holmes on a mission. He's looking up and down the shelves in the soda and tea aisle, and he's making these private mental calculations. Then he asks me if it's cold. I mean, yeah, it's cold, I tell him. So he takes me over to the produce section, and there it is. All right, so you got it. You don't understand. (laughs) After I thank the guy... He decides to go on a talking spree about how he figured out where to find it. So now we're standing there in front of the kombucha. Kombucha. All right, all right. And all I want to do is grab it and go. But I've got this moron explaining to me how he figured out where it was. No. Yeah. He's going on like he's reinventing Einstein's theory. And I'm staring at the guy and nodding, staring at the guy and nodding, waiting for him to finish. But he would not let it go. So I start dropping, yeah, on him. I was like, yeah, 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 thank you. Glad we found it. Yeah, yeah, I have it now. It's all good. I can grab the cam, 
kombucha. And, right? Marie, it was like I was witnessing the smartest stupid person alive. <laughs> he was like the genius of stupid people. First, I went on Google and quickly figured out what the word meant, and from there, I quickly asked you if it was a warm or cold item, which then narrowed down my search, because if it was cold, it was more likely to be in produce near the organic juice section. I kid you not. I almost broke out into applause for the guy after he gave his TED talk. <laughs> Finally, and please don't get mad at me, but I told him to take a lap. What lap? Around the store. You didn't. <laughs> I had to. I said, go take a lap, all right? You found it. Congratulations. Go tell the world. I swear. But then I said I was joking, and he laughed, and that's when I grabbed the kombucha and split. Damn. Yeah. He must be new. Jimmy, you shouldn't be like that. He was helping you. Yeah. Help me? Move on. Don't help me and talk about the relativity of finding kombucha based on the path you took through Google, combined with gravity, footsteps, and the speed of light that flew up his ass, passing the broccoli, <laughs> which equals wasting my time. You're crazy. Yeah, well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm the moron. Thanks for getting it for me. Yeah, no problem, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same shape. <laughs> So the first note I'd like to make, okay, this is the character actor right here, right? As soon as you started imitating the guy, your posture and everything completely changed. So I have a question I already know the answer to, but they don't. When you're doing character acting and voice acting like this, are you that active oh, with your body? God. Oh, God, yes. I have to. I actually have to have a stand for my script because if I don't, I'm going to be flapping it around and you're just going to start picking that up on the mic. I get so expressive. That's one thing that, that does help is because I am stage trained. Mm -hmm. um, I am so used to performing for an audience that that's one of the things that helps me get over the mic uh, intimidation is trying to you know get somebody else in there it's just when i don't have the feedback that's where i have the problem but i'm just an expressive talker anyway so so movement can be something that can help find a particular mm -hmm. character because your posture completely changed when you were being jimmy and then when you were being the guy just, oh he was just amazing the, just the movement and everything it made your voice change mm -hmm. so that that's one of the big ingredients that I've, I've noticed is movement is so helpful even when voice acting and no one can see you all right, so the second scene is going to be T and Veronica, and we're heading a little deeper now, so if you guys will take it away. No direction. We're just going for it. I want you to go for it. All righty, then. Weren't you the one who said something about improv? That's enough. Yes, and? <laughs> yes, and? <laughs> yes, and? Okay. <laughs> and. What's wrong with you? Why do you seem so down? Just deep in thought. About what? Nothing. I'm all right. Don't really want to get into it. I wasn't going to say anything because I already knew that that would be your response, Nick. For the past month, you've been going through some sort of man period. On and off, hot and cold, happy, sad. Not acting like yourself at all. I want to know what's up. Tell me what's bothering you lately. Is it me? Not, not happy with me? It is about you, but not like what you think. Great. Now you're talking to me in riddles. 
can't you give me a straight answer and tell me what the hell is going on already? How does it involve me? You know, there are some freaking things I just don't want to talk about. And you have to keep pushing me and pushing me. Why isn't that ever good enough? Why can't you back off? If I was acting up and down like you've been, I guarantee you would be more pissed off about it. Yeah, well, I don't want to talk about it, so leave it alone. I'm not going to leave it alone. I feel this is something serious, and I won't back away until you tell me. Really? Really? You'll be waiting a very long time. I don't care. Don't play these stupid games with me, okay? Because this shit is for real. I'm feeling real emotions about this certain things that I don't want to be played with. I don't care. You drive me crazy. You drive me crazy. A match made in heaven. I don't want to tell you just because you want to tell... Fine. Don't. If I tell you, it's because I want to tell you. It's that sort of thing. All right. Do what you feel like you want to do. What do you want to eat for dinner? I'm starving. I don't know. Chinese? In the mood for sesame chicken? I'm not sure. Tia, okay. Listen. This is hard for me because I don't... I'm not... I have a hard time being open. Like, you know? I have a difficult time sharing things that go on inside me. Things that matter to me a great deal. I was brought up in a certain environment, and I i don't know. It's sometimes hard for me to connect. I understand. You know, I think about things, things I shouldn't think about. I get caught up with all this nonsense in my head, and I get stressed, and it brings me down. What things, baby? What things do you think about? You're like such a bitch telling you this. And that's my problem, though. I, I, I don't want to be soft. You're not soft. I don't look at you that way. Y- yeah, you're going to think I'm stupid, but I'll just tell you. For the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking about how much I love you and how I want to grow old with you and how there will come a day when we will have to say goodbye to each other. And that... I don't know how I'm supposed to find you again. That's what's been going on all this time? Yeah. I love you so much. I love you too, baby. I do. I really do. Thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Did they get the sesame chicken? <laughs> Nobody gets to finish their dinner in stories. <laughs> so one of, one of the biggest things that I want to say here is this is proof of how you can see a scene a certain way. This is why I did not want to give these two direction on this scene. Because I saw V's character in a completely different way than she played it. If I had over-directed her, it would have been completely ruined. She brought something else to it, a much softer approach. And I feel like I could see what we had talked about with the feeding off of each other. 
I feel like I saw that there, but one thing I've got to call T out for is enunciation. Thank you. (laughs) But there are times when enunciation, it's... um, Can I get my script back when I threw two in anger? Done. There are times where I think enunciation uh, isn't... It doesn't work. No, that, that's, what, that's what I was saying, was finding the places where you needed to kind of grumble, where you needed, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like when he, like when Mick is saying, I feel like such, a, I mean, I felt that that was where the enunciation did come out. I feel like such a bitch telling you this. And, you know, and, but at the very end, when, when she says, I love you so much, it's, it's, I, I love you too. But, you know, it's, it's, it just starts mm-hmm. to mumble out. It's, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, it's, it's word, it's word vomit. Mm-hmm. And and I think sometimes that, that that is the different you can't do that in narration. <laughs> yeah. My biggest problem when I'm narrating books is I get so wrapped up in an action sequence that I don't slow down and I mumble through, you know, wasn't that exciting? And it's no, I have to go back and I have to re-record it and enunciate the, the narration, but not go over the top with enunciation. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, yeah, that's a um you know, with, with dialogue, you have a little more freedom to, to, to do that as opposed to narration. Very much so. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we're going to have a lady story. I've got Starla and V. Jake. <laughs> and I'll give just a tiny bit of setup there. They're two friends, complete opposites, and they are meeting for lunch, and this conversation ensues. Which one's Thelma and which one's Louise? <laughs> Uh, they're Sandra and Tanya. But That's try. what I was thinking. Good try. <laughs> I can't seem to keep it together lately. I've never experienced this before. I have to push my brain forward. Does that make sense? I have to literally push my brain through a bitter fog of anger. Jesus. I think it's a combination of stress and being overwhelmed. So many things scattered around my mind. God. I have to fight for one thought to actually come through and make sense. Mary Joseph. Enough with the religious names. I'm serious (laughs) about this. I'm serious too. Okay, well, oh, maybe less coffee? Why do I even bother telling you any of this? I'm here for you. You make me nervous. I don't want to make you nervous. I just want you to be there for me. I'm there. I I, I mean, I'm here. I'm here. I can't talk to Dan about it because his head is always up his ass with his own selfish problems. And my mother is a raging lunatic. And the tiniest, ittiest, weeniest, little itty-bittiest thing I say to her that has any inclination that my life has one problem in it, the entire house comes down. My dad is like talking to a dead man dug up from the ground. My I get it. I get it. I get it. Right. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. You're blowing off steam. How's work? Work is a joke. Not a joke, you know. Torture, but it's still a joke. See, I don't even make any sense anymore. Maybe you need a holiday. Tanya, I can't take a holiday. I could, but I can't, you know. Wow. I I guess you're out of luck then, huh? 
That's all you got for me? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not really sure what to tell you. Thanks. Well, if I were in your shoes, I guess, I wouldn't really give a damn anymore. I have to give a damn about everything. Therein lies the problem. And? Well, care less. <laughs> <laughs> if I care less, I don't know what will happen. What will happen? I just said I don't know. Exactly. Exactly what? It's the fear of not knowing that's crippling you. Jesus. God, you're right. No religious names. <laughs> right. But you're right. It's a fear of the black abyss. It's the not knowing what will happen if I don't give a damn. What will happen? Nothing. <laughs> Something needs to happen. I think things will go on as usual. What if I become lazy? Negative. You won't. <laughs> things will alter, but not become tragic devastation. There won't be heads rolling in the streets. Ew. I get your point. I'm being too hard on myself, and I need to lighten up, huh? Just a tad. Do more fun things. Find activities and other interests other than work and Dan and family and all of it. Just do you. Do me. Wow. I never did me before. <laughs> there you go. Do you like you've never done you before. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know. If I, it was, I was, I was waiting for the. I don't know if it was, con if it was, if it was conscious or not, but there was. A, you were twirling your hair. Uh huh. <laughs> and that, I was like, I was like, oh my God. That was that was <laughs> what I was gonna say. Was I noticed V's posture was completely different? It was yeah. more of a, hey, <laughs> so different. But that that just shows goes to show that even when you're just voicing something. I'm feeling just, like the chakra's out of line now. <laughs> just uh. changing your posture, little things like that. Um, going from sitting to standing up. Things like can change your performance so much. It's so different, like, having a conversation with another person. Because I keep wanting to look at her, but, like, to look at the uh -huh. script. I just I'm so used to not looking at people. I, I'm just like, I'm Tunnel here. vision. I will listen and go off that. And it, for me, it's easier to focus because then I don't. You don't have like the giggle vision, like. <laughs> Gus, you're good. I, I just it occurred to me about a third of the way through it how soft both your voices were. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know why that that hit me, but it just you were matching each other so perfectly. Just that chemistry between that you met because you are in the same room. I think. Well, one of the things I noticed about Starla's is it was so contained and so tight until all of a sudden I'm talking about. But then I heard the restraint come back and just little things like that slight volume change. Slight pitch change getting higher can convey so much with so little, and that was really well done. Okay, so now we've got Gus and T, and uh, this is um, brothers, and uh, let's just say they don't get along. I'm the cute one. <laughs> you know, that's like your opinion, man. Oh, and by the way, T's stoned. <laughs> 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 huh? 
Hello, invisible friend, my imaginary you. Nothing's clear, engulfed, circling my mind with madness. I find myself lost, awake, but not conscious. My brain exudes neuron flashes, vibrating, trying to ignite me, stir me to something I could be. This isn't my life. I've lost myself. I've lost my direction. I've gone... I was knocking for ten minutes this time. You want beer or something? Seem a bit high strung. You forgot what today was. What's today? Our father's funeral. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I know. Why didn't you come? I'm still going. We've already buried him. Two hours ago. Right. What? Well, I was planning on going after everything, on, on my own time. How's mom? Try calling her and you'll find out. I just came by because, I don't know, I just came by. I gotta head back to the city. Okay, okay, okay. wait, 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 what wait. the hell is wrong with you anyway? You're supposed to be this great big writer. Dad was your biggest cheerleader and look at yourself. Going nowhere. Achieving nothing. I go to work each day, busting my ass, raising a family. I own a house. Yes, you do. You own a house, Rally. And you fart around all day in your robe. Your place stinks. You smell like cheese doodles. And you have achieved nothing in your life. You're a failure. I write. You what? I write. You write. What do you write? Why can't anyone see it? It's not good. So quit and get a real job. It's not good because I'm revising it. Shaping it into something. I hope. Life isn't about hope, Waldo. Life is facts. Stop dreaming. It's been long enough. Keeping your head in the clouds. Grow up and take some responsibility for your existence before you completely waste away. I don't know. You don't know what. I don't know why you're always such an asshole to me. You're the asshole. You treat me bad. I'm fed up with you getting away with everything. You can never do wrong. You don't even get confronted for not attending your own father's funeral. What kind of son are you? Didn't he mean anything to you? You're wrong, and I seem to be the only one who gives a damn to tell you the truth and put you in your place. You don't deserve the treatment you get. Like you're somebody special. Wake up because you're not, you hear me? Thanks for sharing your opinion of who I am in your eyes. <laughs> what is this sarcasm now? I don't appreciate the fact that you find my actions deplorable and need to justify your assholeness towards me as an excuse to cover up the fact that you don't have the passion to aspire to be something more than what you've become. Excuse me? I'm completely content with my life. Okay. You think I'm not content? 
I'm content. I'm wildly happy. Right. Are we done? I'm happy. You told me. Yeah. But I want you to know it. If you say you are happy, I accept your happiness. You think making a compromise is the big evil? Like you're going against your deep values or something? Some higher bullshit purpose, right? What a joke. That's not living life, brother. That's a fantasy and a ruined life. A waste of time and space and a disappointment to our father and our family. That's who you are, Waldo. And always will be. So we're all happy? Yes. We're all happy. Happy as can be. I'm shaking a little bit. I made tea work. (laughs) (laughs) Work, work. Um, Angelica. Work. Eliza. And Peggy. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) We needed a lightning. We we needed an attention breaker after that. Yes, we did. You actually use drop-ins. You just do them. I do. I'm a walking drop-in, as my wife likes to say. But yeah, on that one, um, the biggest thing that I noticed was use of breath and use of pauses. Mostly the tea with the pauses, just knowing how to convey that without making it like the, the drawn out. Because again, we come back to the some of us talk too fast, and using the pauses in audio can be so powerful. But as my as my mentor would say, and just to give you a, a background of my mentor, my mentor uh, in theater not only wrote two episodes of the original Doctor Who, he actually appeared in uh, an episode of Doctor Who. Uh, alongside Tom Baker. So this guy had all the acting chops and all the writing chops as well. He always told me, um, T, if you take another pause, <laughs> I will rip your throat out. He, <laughs> he said, you have to earn that pause, young man, and I will tell you when you've earned that pause. And there were times where I would just, I would just say my line, I would say my line. There was one time where I didn't. I just waited. I said, F him. I'm going to take a pause here. And I took a pause, and I heard him go, you earned that one. Good laugh. And, you know, <laughs> and uh, um, but but that's the thing is like, you know, if you pause too much, it becomes it becomes uh, Shatner. The Shatner. It becomes the Shat effect. Uh, you don't want to Shat all over your rac- your actors. It's just it's just bad. Um, and I think that's why I've always considered Leonard Nimoy to be a better actor than William Shatner. Well, because Nimoy Nimoy brought the intensity, and when he paused. I mean, there's that classic line where he took a pause between every word. Vulcans never bluff. And I remember as a kid going, damn. Okay, they never bluff. You know, and, and as an adult, damn. You know, it's, Your voice got higher as an adult? Yeah, it did. It did. It did. My balls went up, not down. Um, that was after marrying Pip. Thank you. Yep. Uh, and there's the pause I just earned for that. Um, but yeah, you, you, when you're doing when you're doing dynamic voice acting, it's a it's a tra- it's a trap that uh, that actors fall into. If they want to make a um, if they want to make a if they if they if they want to make a, uh, a an impression or if they want to do something, they, they will take a pause. It's not a, it, you got to be real careful with it. Take like a dramatic pause. Exactly. Pause. Yes. It's like a commercial. 
that pauses after mm -hmm. every word. And I just want to <laughs> just say it. <laughs> which is why, which is why, again, and and uh, when my when my mentor said that when he was talking about earning it, I'm like, I get it, I get it, you know. Um, and if you want to see a great a great breakdown of that, uh, look up the look up the um, uh, look up. I, I think it would find it under to be or not to be Hamlet speeches, and you'll see Benedict Cumberbatch come out and he'll tell somebody how to do it. Then uh, mm -hmm. Dame Judi oh, Dench God. comes out yes, and starts yes. doing it. And at one point, I think Simon Pegg comes out and tries yeah. to tell them how to do yeah, it to be like or not to be. Something like twenty actors come yeah. up, twenty and different and actors interpret the same yeah. thing. All, all on how to say to be or not to be. God damn, it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> Okay, so we've got about 10 minutes or so left. I'd like to turn it around to you guys if we have any questions out here. Sure, I do. Um, what about, we, we've seen y'all do a lot of uh, third person. Mm -hmm. uh, what about first person narration? Because we talked about third person narration. But first person narration, because I'm thinking about doing something stupid. Oh, so, I think um, I know what you're thinking. Well, know, right? Um, and, but I'm looking to, you know, as far as advice. Well, that's like kind of what you were saying about figuring out who's telling the story and knowing that character and being able to tell that story from that character's point of view. Um, my, uh, my space opera, Make Bright the Arrows, was first person point of view, and it was all about telling that story through that character's eyes. So you have to, in that case, you really have to know the person that's telling the story. That's critical when it's first person narration. Which, by the way, listen to that book. She made me cry with a piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> also, as a follow-up, um, what about um, different gender characters They're, while you're doing the first-person narration? Because I can't. You yes, don't. you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if, if Veronica Jaguar says you can, yeah. <laughs> it, it's... So the, the one podcast that I've been working on and writing for, for nine years, I had to do an inventory of how many characters. There are over 150 characters across those nine seasons. Now, top of my head, 50 of them have unique voices. Fully half of them are male. And it's not always lowering the register, but it's hardening the delivery. It's changing posture. It's, don't think about... I gotta act like a guy. <laughs> I gotta act like a girl. It's I have to give a voice to that character. And you want to match the character. You don't want to match the gender of the character. And if you're doing that, then you're staying true to the character. Um, something to go back with your question about the first-person narration. The other thing to keep in mind, if you are writing, you have to remember the limitations of that character's perspective as they are telling the story. Um, you need to be present in the story, but you need to hold the tension so you're not giving stuff away. So you need to be you need to be telling the story with the listener in mind. They're going along for the ride. They need to be there with that tension <clears throat> in the moment. Not, oh, this already happened. It was really sad. Let them get sad with you. Let them get happy with you. Let them get excited with you. But temper it and ride that roller coaster with that character. They're reliving it. It hasn't you know, happened in the past. They're reliving it as you're telling it. So it's very much of being present. And take breaks because that's exhausting. And, and, and <laughs> really? not, 
Sorry, and not only that, it's just you know, if you're if you're doing a narration that's in first person, you're not necessarily going to be imitating the characters. They don't necessarily have to have a different voice. If I'm just telling you a story about some shit that Aaron did at Cheesecake Factory yesterday, you know, I'm not going to say so. Aaron's, I'm <laughs> saying I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not going to say you know. So Aaron said, "Gus, you're a moron." I'm just going to say you know. Aaron said, "Gus, you're a moron." I'm not going to try to imitate her voice. Yeah, you know, that I can leave. I can leave that to your imagination and just do basically a straight read in first person. Something else with first person is what you're hearing and what that person is saying can be two different things. What you're interpreting that they sound like, because I when I listen to audiobooks, I've listened to a couple that they have a male and a female character, and the 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 chapters rotate between the two characters, mm -hmm. and there's two different narrators also. And the female narrates for the female character, but that female narrator does not change their voice tone-wise for a male character. They change it. They add the personality to the voice. But also the way she's hearing what that other character's saying. Mm -hmm. You know, like you've done in the past with... You interpret how somebody speaks and moves as they speak. So you're getting what she's getting in her interpretation and may not exactly be what that character is implying. Yeah, like the, the first part of what you said with everyone adding the personality to it, everyone has different speech patterns. Um, <laughs> and if, if the writer has put the voice of that character into the dialogue... Then just reading then... it the way it's written can sometimes show you can tell which character's talking based on their speech patterns without having to change your voice at all. Mm -hmm. Not everyone wants to do it that way, and some authors will want you to do voices and will want you to make more differentiation. Right. But the speech patterns themselves, changing the way you say things. Like, the way I talk is very sharp. I, I enunciate a lot from stage, but other people might soften a little bit. I mumble. Kind of slur a little. And, and, and particularly Veronica changed her voice a good bit for the two different characters that she did. Just they had different speech patterns. And it, yeah. Just, it was well, and sometimes if, if the character voices are different enough, the, the change in speech patterns as they're written will change your voice as yes. you read it. <laughs> Do we have more questions? Do we have more comments? Do we have questions we not related to voice acting? <laughs> we have four minutes left, so how about we fill that with where we can find everybody? Show um, us where to find you. You can find me online at voicesbyveronica.com. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he was ready. So um, you can hear audiobook demos. You can check the blog out there. If you are interested in superheroes and uh, alternate day Atlanta punching space Nazis, then you can go to secretworldchronicle.com. You can listen to me for six days straight to tell that story. Um, okay. We are, we are on the, the last round of that. You can also find me on Twitter at V4Voice. That's V-F-O-R-V-O-I-C-E. Instagram, Voices by Veronica. Facebook, Voices by Veronica. Okay. Uh, all my social links can be found uh, at tmorris.com. And uh, that is that is where you can find any kind of outlet that I'm working with. Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> Most of my stuff is at StarlaHutchton.com. Um, I have my uh, book design stuff that is designed by Starla.com. 
This is one of her covers. <laughs> um, I also have a Facebook page for both um, author stuff and um, design stuff. Um, I'm Starla Hutchton on Instagram, at Starla Hutchton on Twitter. Um, let's see if that's it. <laughs> Starla Hutchton in real life. No, she's Dave in real life. Oh, she's Dave. No, I was Dave yesterday. (laughs) In a previous life, she was Dave. You can find my. (laughs) You can find my. Out Walker. (laughs) You can find my authorly stuff at afgrappen.com. Themeltingpotcast.com. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, also on Facebook as The Chain Nerd. <laughs> Hang on. Did I, did I just level up? <laughs> it's not your birthday yet. Hang on a minute. i got to respond to that. I gotta, that. Nick, you couldn't have timed that better. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Where can we find you? TheMeltingPodcast.com Ding. Ding. <laughs> My thumb has magic powers. <laughs> Dynamic thumb acting. <laughs> you can't hear it, but I'm doing my exercises. Let the record show she was doing her exercise. All right, well, thank you very much for coming, guys. You were an awesome audience. Thank you so much for your performances. You were all wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com. The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license, which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it don't sell it, and always link back to the website. Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project. And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek. Send us stuff. <laughs>